This hour of Spears and Ali on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Tucson Federal Credit Union and the Volpe team at Nova Home Loans. Now back to Spears and Ali on 1490 AM, 94.9 HD Channel 4 ESPN Tucson. What's going on? Happy Thursday. Welcome to Spears and Ali on ESPN Tucson. 1490 AM, 94.9 HD, Channel 4, ESPNTucson.com, the ESPN Tucson mobile app, and the Spears and Dolly podcast located wherever you listen to podcasts, whether it's uh, Apple, Spotify, or Audible. Uh, we have a full show today. No Ali Farhang because it's Thursday, but we'll get it back tomorrow. And, uh, man, we're going to have lots to discuss tomorrow. We'll be one day before uh, Arizona takes on ASU at McHale Center. One last hurrah for the Arizona Wildcats at McHale Center this season, and then they're going to turn their attention to the road one last time for against the L.A. schools, and then they will get ready for the Pac-12 tournament in Las Vegas, which we all know turns into McHale Super North because McHale North is the arena up in Tempe. McHale Super North is the one up in Las Vegas, and with Arizona being probably a top-two seed, um, I, I'd imagine a lot of people are going to show up for, uh, for the Arizona Wildcats in Las Vegas. And then, of course, we all know about the NCAA tournament just around the corner. So uh, this Saturday will be the last time the Arizona men's basketball team plays at McHale Center this season. And uh, we'll actually go over memorable Arizona ASU games at the top of the 5 o'clock hour. And then uh, we'll, we'll get a look at the Arizona ASU game this Saturday with Anthony Totry. He is... Uh, the ASU guy from PHNX up there in Phoenix. And then uh, we'll also talk to Brad Malone from the Bear Down Bias podcast in the 4 o'clock hour as well. Uh, and then I'm I'm super excited to have a former Arizona baseball player who's now an aspiring professional pickleball player. Which I didn't know is a thing. So Robbie Medell. Robbie Medell is uh, a guy who used to pitch for the University of Arizona was on the the squad that went to the College World Series in Jay Johnson's first year. Robbie Minnell has a, a big personality. If you follow Arizona baseball, you've heard this name before. Uh, Robbie was a solid uh, pitcher for the Arizona Wildcats, but he was all he's also just a great dude. Has such a big personality and is so knowledgeable when it comes to sports. I always thought that being a podcaster, being a radio host, or being in media was uh, in Robbie's future. Just being a personality in general is in Robbie's future. But right now he's working on his uh, pickleball career. And pickleball is a rising sport in not just the U.S., but I think globally. Uh, but here in the U.S. He said it with such confidence. <laughs> <laughs> but I know for a fact here in the U.S., like you have guys like Tom Brady, Rob Gronkowski, a whole bunch of high-profile professional athletes, guys with big pockets, they're all putting money into a professional pickleball league. Uh, and so Robbie Medell is a guy who once put in so much work into becoming a professional baseball player. Now he's applying that same energy to playing pickleball. So I'm really excited to talk to him uh, at 325 about playing pickleball and the the great sport that it is it's like um it's like life-size ping pong that's the only way i can describe it you have a paddle yeah i mean it's it's a little bit different than tennis though it's like you you use a wiffle ball it's not a tennis ball and the rackets 
are, uh, I feel like they're not as long. They're actually kind of more stubby and wide. So they're just, they're just, it's, it's, and the courts are really small too. So it's, it's not like tennis, I promise you, but it is very much like ping pong. But instead of uh, playing at, at, on a table that's inside your house or garage, you're actually on the court controlling it so i it's it's a really cool sport i know a lot of people here in tucson have played it before uh we'll talk to robbie about the the rising sport that is pickleball at 325 and then uh, dana scott will be hopping on at 525 to uh, bring us the latest with the phoenix suns now that they get ready for the final stretch after the nba all-star break all right and then as always spears and ali on espn tucson is presented by Tucson Federal Credit Union, better than a bank, better than your bank, and as always, the amazing Volpe team at Nova Home Loans. And Justin, you remember that those bar crawl tickets we were given out, or beer crawl? Yeah. Tucson Craft Beer Crawl? Yeah. We have three to sling today. Whoa. Yeah. We have three to give away. Okay. So we will be giving away uh, one of those pairs at the end of this hour. So um, at right around 3.50 to 4 o'clock, we'll be giving away the first pair. And then um, at some point in the 4 o'clock hour, we'll be giving away another pair. And then uh, during last call, the very last segment of the show, we'll give out the last pair. So if you want tickets for that, make sure you keep your ears peeled for that. It's a really cool event, and it's going down in downtown Tucson this Saturday, and it starts at 1 p.m. And uh, I think it gets you, what, 32 Drink vouchers, if I'm not mistaken. 32-ounce like sample vouchers, yeah. That's super cool, man. Yeah. So, yeah, if you want tickets for this event, make sure you pay attention at 350. All right, let's go to top three headlines heading into today. One. One. It is game day. The Arizona women's basketball team taking on the Oregon Ducks tonight at 8 p.m. on Pac-12 Network. Uh, the last time Arizona played against Oregon this season, the Wildcats won 79 to 71, and a big reason why Arizona was able to pull away at McHale Center was their ability to get to the free throw line. The Wildcats were eight for eight from the free throw line in, in the fourth quarter, and uh, they were of course led by players like Shayna Pellington and Jay Laville, the two uh, veteran backcourt players that the Wildcats have. Uh, heavily relied on this season. And then uh, Kate Reese, she also had 10 points, albeit she did shoot 4 for 16 from the field. So uh, those shooting numbers can certainly be more efficient, especially Kate Reese, because she didn't take a single three-pointer last time Arizona played against Oregon. She was 4 for 16 and didn't shoot a single three. So uh, I definitely think uh, those shots need to start falling at a more efficient rate. But I, I, I'm confident in a player like Kate Reese. Uh, she's been spectacular all season long, and uh, I know it's not easy losing Lauren Fields, uh, or not not uh, Lauren Fields, uh, Lauren Ware. You know, losing her to the season with that ACL injury, I mean, that was a big loss for the Arizona Wildcats. But but Kate Reese, uh, Esmeri Martinez, Maya Naji, like a, a lot of uh, these players have stepped up and have really uh, picked up the slack left behind by Lauren Ware in her absence. Uh, but Arizona, they're in a unique situation because they just swept the Mountain Schools. They beat number four Utah on uh, Friday and number 21 Colorado on Sunday. However, this is a very tough stretch because the Wildcats are now in that top 16, right? You you like their chances in hosting the first round of the NCAA tournament. 
but you can't trip up this weekend. And we've actually seen this uh, in years past, Adia Barnes's clubs kind of trip up towards the end of the season. I think it was either last year or two years ago, uh, they, they lost to ASU. I mean, ASU was a far inferior team, and they just lost to ASU. Just uh, It was just a random hiccup. I know they also lost to Cal. It was a, and it was a big upset at McHale Center towards the end of the season. So Arizona in years past has always had great success, but they've also found ways to trip up. And this, to me, has trap game written all over it because they lost or they, they beat Oregon by eight points, but Oregon was right there in that game. As a matter of fact, they completely set the tone and got out to a commanding lead in the first quarter. So I think Oregon's going to be ready and motivated to play this game, and uh, Arizona needs to come out and um, – and play with some confidence and, and get it done on the road. And if they don't, man, it's going to be really interesting because now you got to turn your attention to Saturday against Oregon State. And, oh, by the way, yeah, you beat Oregon State earlier this year, but uh, Ben Duyaney, former Arizona Wildcat, is on the other side. And I'm sure she would love nothing more than to end her last uh, game at Oregon State. This is going to be her last game at home. I'm sure she would love to beat the Arizona Wildcats. Uh, so this is a very important stretch for Adia Barnes and her club because if they can win these two games and let's say you know win the first round, which is the quarterfinals because they're going to get a, a first round bye if they continue to win, if they do that and find themselves either in the Pac-12 tournament semifinals or the championship, then I really like Arizona's chances in hosting the first round of the tournament. But man, if they find a way to get swept this week by the Oregon schools, which is a possibility, like don't sleep on these Oregon schools, and we all know that Arizona versus Oregon in women's basketball is an intense rivalry as of late, so I don't know. Like I said, this has trap game written all over it, but Arizona's playing good basketball right now, and you know who's really playing good basketball is Shayna Pellington. Uh, she's had a unique career. She transferred from the University of Oklahoma, and she was kind of dubbed as the Ari McDonald replacement. She plays for Team Canada. She's playing in the FIBA World Cup. Look at how great she is. And then we ex- kind of expected her to be the next Ari McDonald, and she didn't live up to those expectations, but she always did things her way. And this season in particular, Shayna Pellington's been awesome to watch. Uh, that game against UCLA, uh, where she led Arizona uh, down the stretch, and then most recently putting up 35 points against Utah. Uh, the success that she's had in Pac-12 play, it's, it's really fun to watch, and uh, I think Shayna Pellington's really, really starting to come into that true leadership role, kind of the way Ari McDonald was when they went to the national championship game. I'm not saying that Shayna Pellington is going to be dragging Arizona, but uh, she's playing good ball right now, that's for sure. But uh, Arizona, they're taking on Oregon tonight at 8 p.m. at Matthew Knight Arena, and you can watch that game on Pac-12 Networks. Uh, Before we go to headline number two, um, big news coming out of uh, Arizona today. Um, Arizona softball pitcher Susie Parra will be inducted into the Pac-12 Hall of Honor. So Susie Parra uh, played for the University of Arizona softball program in the 90s, and she won a couple of national championships, led Arizona to three national championship appearances. And uh, she, uh, man, the, the stats that she put up at the U of A, she has the third highest career winning percentage in NCAA softball history with a 918 winning percentage. Uh, she also has the fifth highest winning percentage in a season in NCAA history after posting a 33-1 and record. So 
think about that. In in her career, about she won ninety two percent of her games. Anytime she was out in the pitcher circle, ninety two percent of the time she won. In how many years at the University of Arizona? Four years or three years or whatever it was. It's absolutely insane, man. That's just that's um, pure dominance. Absolute dominance. And she was the Pac-10 Player of the Year and the 1994 National Player of the Year. Susie Parra will always go down as one of the best pitchers in Arizona softball history. And she will be Arizona's representative in the Pac-12 Hall of Honor, which is unique this year because the 2023 class features all female athletes in honor of the 50th anniversary of the passage of Title IX. Hmm. So every single member of the Pac-12 Hall of Honor 2023 class is a woman athlete, which is really cool. ASU has Jackie Johnson Powell for uh, track and field. Uh, If you want the full list, you can find that story on Tucson.com. So congratulations to Susie Parra on her induction into the Pac-12 Hall of Honor. Let's go to headline number two. Two. Man, I was um, I was absolutely bothered last night because I saw Alabama versus South Carolina, mm-hmm. and I figured that Brandon Miller was going to get booed. He was going to get awful treatment from South Carolina fans. And they were really giving it to him last night. Uh, they were chanting, lock him up anytime he touched the ball or uh, when he committed a foul, I think it was. And they were getting ready for the free throw line. South Carolina students were chanting, lock him up. And Was it in South Carolina? It was in South Carolina. Ooh. Yeah. So they're playing on the road. <laughs> and you're, you're playing on the road after this incident. And I actually went home before the Alabama game started. I started to look at the more details that was um, unveiled over the hearings, and I noticed that uh, the the text messages before the uh, Darius Miles and Brandon Miller exchange, uh, when they they actually had a lead up text message before Brandon Miller said the heat is in the hat or there's 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 one in the head or whatever it was, there was actually text messages from Darius Miles to Brandon Miller that said, hey I'm I'm pretty much getting into a situation with somebody, I need my gun. And then Brandon Miller then went and delivered the gun. And this is why so many people are upset. And it bothers me that Alabama seems to, I guess, coddle this guy and just absolutely protect him. I, I understand that you know young people make dumb mistakes. We've all made dumb mistakes before. But this is, this is murder we're talking about. And Brandon Miller, in the in these text messages, made it very clear that he was going to bring a weapon to a guy that would then use it for destruction of some sort, right? Darius Miles said, "I need my gun because I'm getting into it with somebody." And Brandon Miller said, "Hey, nah, no problem. I'll bring I'll bring it on by." And so it's really hard for me to sympathize with with Brandon Miller because he's not criminally charged. Right. According to the law of Alabama, he's not criminally charged and he's not facing charges. But if you're the University of Alabama, don't you have to look at it like, well, what about code of conduct? This guy gave another student a weapon and then that was used to kill a young woman who, by the way, is a mother of a young child. 
And so I just – it's really hard for me to, to sit there and look at Brandon Miller score 41 points and applaud him. And he hit the game winner. And he hit time. the game winner, yeah. One of the best college performances of the season goes to a guy who is playing – just days after it's revealed that he delivered the gun that was used for a murder. Insane. Um, and he's a, and he's a freshman too, right? He's a freshman in college. Uh, I will say this, the mental fortitude it takes to go out there and do that, that to me is impressive. Mm-hmm. I, I got to say, putting out 41 points, dealing with that, that's impressive. But at the same time, I don't understand how Brandon Miller could – live with himself. I don't know how Nate Oates can live with himself by putting out that player. But at the end of the day, it's all about winning the championship, right? Alabama's one of the best teams in college basketball. They're among the favorites to win the championship. It would be Nate Oates probably couldn't live with himself if he costed himself a championship by removing his team's best player, even if it meant having good morals. Uh it's just it's it's really shameful all of it is. But hey, he scored 41 points. Played his ass off. Had a posterizing dunk and the game winner. All right, we'll talk more about that uh, coming up in hour number two. Let's go to headline number three. 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 Uh, update on Phoenix Sun star Kevin Durant. Still weird saying that. Phoenix Sun star Kevin Durant. Well, KD, uh, he's dealing with that knee injury. And according to the Athletics' Sham Sharania, he is ruled out for the Friday opener after the All-Star break. So, unfortunately, we won't get that symbolic KD first game against the team that gave him his start in the NBA, the Oklahoma City Thunder, formerly known as the Seattle Supersonics. Um, I guess it'll just have to be Chris Paul's game. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> but uh, hey, he played against. He played for OKC. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. For for one whole season. Yep. <laughs> Chris Paul revenge. I will say this though, he's beloved in Oklahoma City, uh, even though they didn't really do anything. Uh, OKC loves them some Chris Paul. Uh, also, he played there when uh, when Katrina was happening. New Orleans played their season in Oklahoma City when he was with the Hornets. So, again, Oklahoma City loves themselves some Chris Paul. We're going to get Katrina. Anyways. <laughs> the Kata, Katrina. Yeah. We'll start with K. Um, <laughs> they don't. <laughs> I know. Yes. <laughs> uh so, yeah, Kevin Durant is not playing on Friday, but the Phoenix Suns are eyeing his return for Wednesday on the road against the Charlotte Hornets. So, for all those KD fans, you'll have to wait till next week for that. All right, coming up next on Spears and Ali, let's talk to Robbie Mendel. He's a former Arizona baseball pitcher and now aspiring pickleball player. We're going to talk to him about, about the rising sport and if we're – are we talking to the Michael Jordan of pickleball? Find out next year on ESPN Tucson. Spears. Justin Spears, I like that. And Ali. I want to be entertaining, but I'm not stupid enough to compare myself to Ali. We'll be right back on 1490 AM ESPN Tucson. Welcome back to Spears and Ali on ESPN Tucson, 1490 AM and the Spears and Ali podcast. Our uh, next guest is a guy everyone here in Tucson is very familiar familiar with, former Arizona baseball pitcher Robbie Bedell who joins us here on ESPN Radio. Robbie, always great to hear from you. How's it going, my man? Justin, so nice to hear your voice, man. Um, it's like so nostalgic just to hear all the commercials in Tucson, hear the lead up. It's so it's so cool to talk to you guys. Man, absolutely. man. We're honored to have you on the show once again. Uh, 
Man, first of all, how have you been? Because um, I, I, I've noticed that you've been uh, playing pickleball, which is the fastest-growing sport in America right now, and you're going all out with it. So what can you tell us just about your latest pickleball adventures? Yeah, so I'll just start. You know, I'm still um, trying to figure out this adulting thing. I am um, five years removed from school. And just like everybody else, at the beginning of the pandemic, um, needed something to do. Pickleball was um, – people were starting to play it, and um, I, I just picked it up. And it took me quite a while. Naturally, I just didn't get it. Um, and then after a while, about a year or so, um, it started to click with me, and I got started getting better, and then I started traveling for it, um, going to Newport Beach multiple times, Las Vegas, um, different places around the Southwest. And then um, I've also competed in the national championships twice. I've never medaled there, um, but I am playing at a high-level amateur um, level. It's a lot of fun, and um, it's just something that has um, allowed me to keep in a competitive field but also have a ton of fun doing it. Absolutely. Well, and it seems like you're applying all of the energy that you had for playing professional baseball, and now you're applying it to pickleball. Is, Is that fair to say? Kind of, I guess, um, like, you know, when you finish playing sports and you've done it your whole life, it's like you're you're kind of like lost. You don't know what to do, how to fuel that. And pickleball came out of nowhere, and it's it's been something that does feed that fire that I still have to compete. Baseball didn't pan out. And, um, I'm, you know, I'm not a professional pickleball player by any means, but I, I play at a pretty high level, and the tournaments are very competitive and very fun. It's, it's, it's a huge event, and if a tournament – comes to your area i encourage you to go and watch the pros play it is it's unreal how good these people are at pickleball former arizona baseball pitcher robbie medell joining spears and ali on espn tucson so robbie tell us about the the grind of playing professional baseball once you finish playing at the university of arizona what was that experience like for you yeah, so I mean, I played a year of indie ball, um, and that the, the word grind when you're playing indie ball is um, is exactly what it is. Um, you you find your way to games, you travel on your own, you get a, a small stipend to get you there, and you're just playing baseball in the hope that someone comes and watches you play. Um, you're playing every day, and it's basically like you're you're playing for basically gas money and some food money and you're just playing because you love it and you hope someone the right person comes along to watch you play mm-hmm. so um that was yeah that was a grind playing at u of a that was paradise playing indie ball minor league ball my friends that are in minor league ball right now that's the grind yeah and so when did you understand or maybe come to realization that maybe i should take a step back from baseball and pursue other things yeah, so it was about halfway through my indie ball season. I was playing really well. Um, a few teams, a few scouts had come out to watch me pitch, and just nothing was clicking. I was 23 years old. I was, you know, 86 to 90 at best, and I was playing really well, but I was playing really well at a level that I would play really well at. And so realistically, I knew that wasn't it for me. Um, got a normal job. I'm, um, I'm a technical recruiter. I sit in a desk chair for eight hours a day, and then the second I get off, I run to a pickleball court. Wow. And it's become yeah. a, a, a passion of yours. So what can you tell us about developing those skills, going from being a pitcher to then a pickleball player and playing at the highest level? Yeah, it's crazy, right? It's, it's um, Tennis players obviously adapt the best. It's, it's miniature tennis. Um, but for, for baseball players, I like – 
I've played with Cody Deason, Rio Gomez, Michael Flynn, um, Matt Frazier, like a bunch of guys from the 16 and 17 team, and they picked it up really fast. Um, so just, just being athletic, hand-eye coordination, and then it's a game of patience. And um, it, it's really cool because you can't just go out and be aggressive and out-athlete everybody. It's patience, it's skill, it's learning the right shots. And it took a long time, and I'm still learning, And um, but it's, it's a lot of fun to learn, and it's the social aspect of the game is amazing. I've met a lot of incredible people, made a lot of new friends. And um, it's funny that all of my friends used to be baseball players. And now it seems like all of my friends are from the pickleball community. It's just, it's a really beautiful thing. That's awesome. And so why do you think it's yeah. becoming this fastest growing sport in America? And why do you think maybe guys like Tom Brady and LeBron James are investing millions of dollars into this sport? That's a really good question. It's because it's so easy to play. Um, I mean, my 80-year-old grandma can go out and play a game of pickleball if she wants to, um, and she has, and it's, just, it's so easy to play. Now, the better you get, the harder the game is, the more skill, the more um, strategy, but it's just like just to pick up a paddle and go out to a court. I've done it with many of my coworkers. It's, it's really easy to learn, and you can play it the first day and have fun. Um, and so I think that's why it's the fastest growing sport and just going to a park and watching people that, um, you know, may not have an athletic background, have fun doing something athletic. It's really cool to watch. Um, I really enjoy watching the beginners play, just go out there running around, whacking the ball at each other. Um, and then seeing them six months later, being able to compete with me. Um, yeah. I've, I've met so many people that I'm like, I watched you six months ago. You could barely hold a paddle and now you're better than me. It's, really really cool everybody can play it so you've made this progress over the last couple of years or so where where do you want to take this robbie because i know you you're saying you're playing you know at a high level do you maybe want to get to maybe professional pickleball status that's why everybody wants to play professional pickleball i have a big group of friends here that um they they take it very seriously and um they've made that step into the pro pickleball community and i'm still a step or two behind that um, ideally, yeah, I would love to do that. Um, I would love to find a partner that I could match up with and do that. Um, but that would, I would have to take away some of my other hobbies. I still coach baseball. I still play in a softball league. So I'm really busy, but maybe if I drop those two things and focus on pickleball five, six days a week, yeah. I could get there. Um, and maybe one day, um, it's not out of the question because age doesn't really matter in this sport very much. And that's also one of the really cool things. See, growing up, whenever I heard pickleball, I always thought, "Oh, that's like a that's like an old people sport." They play those over at, at, the, at the country clubs, and now it seems like all the young people are doing it. Yeah, um, you go out to tournaments. When I first started playing, fifty-five, fifty plus, sixty plus, those brackets were the biggest. It was all the older generation, and it it, it still is. But now the nineteen plus division is just flooded. They're massive. I played in the tournament last weekend, forty-two participants just in my bracket. Wow. Um, alone. And there was um, 1,200 people that were playing in the tournament throughout the weekend. 1,200 different participants. That's insane, man. And, yeah, so it's, it's growing, and it's, it's, it's not an old people sport, I can tell you that. Absolutely. All right, Robbie, uh, before we let you go, I got to ask you, man, um, I, I know you're a seam head. You love yourself some baseball. So do you, are you keeping up with the Arizona Wildcats? And what do you think about Arizona in year two under Chip Hale? Yeah, okay. So I haven't had the chance to meet Chip yet. Follow him on Twitter. He followed me back immediately, which was like a virtual fist pump, fist bump, you know? <laughs> and um, 
he he just seems like he has this team and this organization going in the perfect direction. Um, Coach Lawn, I've talked to him a tiny, tiny bit about about Chip, and he he only says amazing things about Chip. I really need to get down and and go and meet him in person. But um, I I know they've started the season off really well. They have a big one, big series against um, West Virginia this weekend at home. Yeah. Um, go out, support the Wildcats. Um, it means so much to those dudes when the stadium is full. Like it, 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 it means so much. So if you're listening to this, please get out this weekend, go watch it. It's a beautiful brand of baseball. Chip Hill's doing a great job with that team. And then I've got to just say, Coach Lawn is the best pitching coach in the country. Go watch that staff and go have a bunch of fun at High Corbett. Robbie Medell, former Arizona baseball pitcher and now aspiring professional pickleball player, joining Spears <laughs> and Ali on ESPN Radio. Robbie. Thank you so much for your time. We, we appreciate you, man. And hopefully next time I see you, uh, I'll be able to give you a big old hug and you'll be uh, playing professional pickleball. <laughs> That'd be awesome, man. Thank you guys so much for having me on. Bear down. Um, and I love you too, so I miss you guys. Appreciate you, Robbie. Thank you. All right, don't go anywhere. More Spears and Ali coming up next. Want to see my poster at Kramer? Phoenix Suns. <laughs> I do have a poster at Kramer. On your wall? In your living room? <laughs> No, not my living room. It's like in your bedroom. It's like down my. my bedroom. There's not a lot of other uh, rooms. Just don't look at it. It's, it's going down the hallway to my guest room. Well, that's not terrifying. Is it in a frame or scotch tape? Uh, pins. Oh, <laughs> I have a lot of things in frames. Oh. That is not one of them. We're going so. to Ollie boot camp, buddy. <laughs> So Aaron Rodgers, that's a great way to start a segment Man, here in uh, Steve Miller Band and then start off with, so Aaron Rodgers, I mean, that dot, song, dot, dot. That song is called The Joker. Yeah. Got him. Well, Aaron Rodgers is out. He is, uh, he's done with his retreat. Oh. And, <laughs> no, Andrew. Uh, yeah, he's, he's done with his four-day retreat into... <laughs> Total darkness. Total darkness. So this is an interesting, interesting retreat here. So it's in Southern Oregon, and it's that called out. and it's called Sky Cave. And this is this retreat resort type thing, and they're actually booked for the next eighteen months. So in order to do this retreat, you have you have to wait at least a year and a half. Probably two years to do it, or be, or be Aaron Rodgers yeah, and have a boatload of money, ridiculously paid. Yeah, you you could pay yourself into getting into this retreat, but what it does is that you're in the wilderness and you're in this cottage type thing. Uh, I, I read the story on ESPN.com and it said that the it's almost like the the Hobbit a little bit. It's like this Hobbit like house, and part of it is un- is underground. A it a little bit of it is underground. Oh, yeah, and this is cool. they have the ability to turn on the lights if you want to. But the the dark room is supposed to just allow you to find peace and zen and just kind of uh, channel all of the negative emotion and figure out a way to get in touch with your inner self. It's a very – how do I describe it? Uh man, I don't I don't really know how to describe this like experience. Meditative? Yes, very meditative. It's it's very much like, you know, um you know, for people who carry trail mix in their pockets. 
It's very much for you know the. <laughs> if if you go I'll on do anything for a handful of granola. If you go on this retreat, you wear a lot of flannel, or you wear um those uh those like stretchy pants that you get at like at like street fairs. Or the uh, or those <laughs> all terrain shoes with the toes. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yes. <laughs> Like the frog shoes looking thing, yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. No, the, yeah, you're definitely doing this retreat if you're if you're wearing those. But yeah, <laughs> Aaron Rodgers decided to do it, and he's done with his four days, and he came out and saw his shadow. So which means that he's signing with, the, <laughs> with the the Green Bay Packers. <laughs> One more year with the Green Bay Packers. <laughs> I wonder what's going through this man's mind in, in the four days that he's out there, because this man's loaded with a bunch of money, and he's just. In Southern Oregon, all by himself, in total isolation. Most of it is darkness. Maybe all of it is darkness. I don't know uh, which route Aaron Rodgers took. But he's sitting there thinking about my future. Well, not my future, his future. But he's thinking, okay, what do I really want to do? Do I want to still stay with the, the Green Bay Packers? Do I really want to make this a thing? And finish off my ride here. I mean, they drafted me. I was the the backup quarterback to Brett Favre, which I think is very ironic that he was the backup to a guy who couldn't decide what he wanted to do at the end of his career with the Green Bay Packers. I mean, heck, even when he was with the, the Jets and the Vikings, you didn't know what the heck was going to happen with Brett Favre. Every single offseason was, is he going to retire? Is he not? Oh, he announced his retirement. Oh, no, he's coming back. It was this... Uh, what how Michael Scott said in the office, uh, snip snap snip snap snip 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 snap. It was a I think it was a what the easy the, for you to say. Uh, was it vasectomy? Oh yeah. <laughs> he was like, it's like I got a vasectomy and then I reversed it back and then I got another one and then I I got it reversed again. Snip snap snip snap. <laughs> That's what Brett Favre did and what's so funny is now, the student has passed the teacher. Aaron Rodgers is like hold my beer, Brett Favre. I'm going to make your uh, your template, and I'm going to make it my own. I'm going to go on ayahuasca trips. I'm going to go on these excursions where I'm just in total darkness, and I'm going to make it so weird and make it all about me. Me. It's all about me, Aaron Rodgers. The, everything about Aaron Rodgers is just so narcissistic. Like, it's just, it's he's a very narcissistic person when it's all said and done. And, I mean, he's going to be set to make, I think, $50 million this upcoming season with the Green Bay Packers. And the, the Packers are like, dude, we're giving you this amount of money, and you're absolutely making a mockery of us on these national headlines by going out to Southern Oregon, sitting out in complete isolation, and picking petals inside of your house saying, Green Bay Packers, <laughs> Las Vegas Raiders. <laughs> Green Bay Packers... New York Jets, just picking paddle, uh, pedals to figure out which one that you want to land with. And I don't know where he's at right now. I don't, I'm not sure where his mindset is, but if I were to take a guess where Aaron Rodgers will be playing football in this upcoming season, I think it's going to be either New York or it's going to be Las Vegas. Um, if he somehow finds a way to stay in Green Bay and plays another season there, I will be absolutely shocked. And as a matter of fact, I think that the Packers have reached a point where they're ready to move on. I think the the Packers now want to either go to Jordan Love 
or find a way to acquire another quarterback that can be their new franchise leader. I think, honestly, they're really tired of Aaron Rodgers. And Aaron Rodgers will let them know, hey, this is what I want to do. Fine. Okay, we'll, we'll trade you. But as long as we get something in return, if we're going to trade you to the Jets or the Las Vegas Raiders, then we need to get something solid in return. And I think that the the Raiders, they could have enough to offer, but I look at the New York Jets, they have the perfect infrastructure. They have a really good defense. I mean, their defense was solid this year. Um, I think they could offer some prospects and other things to the Green Bay Packers. But Aaron Rodgers, is this what you really want? Do you really want to go to New York and face that kind of media and that kind of attention? You know, we it seems like Aaron Rodgers kind of gets defensive of, of himself anytime media questions him. And we hear him all the time, you know, refer to media kind of in a, a negative way. Imagine what it's going to be like when he's in New York, of all places, and not just Green Bay. Uh, so I'm wondering if this is what Aaron Rodgers is putting into consideration. And with that being said, like I said, I, I think that the the Las Vegas Raiders are the perfect situation for him uh, because it's a big name uh, for the Raiders. He'll be throwing it to his old buddy, Devontae Adams, and uh, it'll be another interesting storyline for the AFC West. You know, with uh, the Chiefs coming back as the defending Super Bowl champions, with the Chargers looking to, you know, get healthy again and make another run after such an epic collapse in the playoffs, you got Denver Broncos looking to fix the Russell Wilson situation with Sean Payton, and now you got the Las Vegas Raiders with uh, Josh McDaniels as their quarterback, with Devontae Adams as their star receiver, adding an Aaron Rodgers, that'd be an interesting quirk to the offseason and, of course, the AFC West, which had a busy offseason last year. But speaking of the AFC West, uh, the Denver Broncos have hired their new defensive coordinator. It, it, it That guy is Vance Joseph, the former Denver Broncos head coach. The former Broncos head coach is now going back to the Broncos to be the next defensive coordinator. Uh, Vance Joseph was the, the HC of the Broncos after they won the Super Bowl in 2016. So in 2017-2018, he was the head coach, and he got fired after going 6-10 and in 2018. But the Broncos were in such a, a weird state because they, were, they put all their chips on the table for that Super Bowl. They built up their defense, obviously had Peyton Manning, and then they were in that era where all the, the, the deals and you know trading for certain players – it all came back to bit them in the butt because they didn't really have much young talent to develop, and they kind of fell behind. And after going 6-10, and 10, John Elway was like, I've, I've seen enough. We're going to get this guy up out of here. And uh, I, th- I think Vance Joseph is an interesting defensive coordinator. Obviously didn't have success with uh, the Denver Broncos, but are we sure that he had success with the Arizona Cardinals? I mean, did the Cardinals have the best defense in football? I know they were injured a lot this past season, but... Uh, I'm not totally sure, you know, Vance Joseph is is that guy. But, hey, good for him. He's uh, now the defensive coordinator of the Denver Broncos, and he replaces, uh, Ej- was it Ejiro Evero? Ejiro Evero, who's now the new defensive coordinator for the Carolina Panthers. All right, uh, let's see, what else do we got here? 
in terms of the NFL. Oh, by the way, Aaron Rodgers, when he came out of his cottage, he heard a jet fly over. And that's when he realized, I need to go with the Jets. Symbolic. Sim- I, symbolism. I, what, was it Cliff Kingsbury talking about his his lion painting near his front door? Yeah. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers heard the jet fly over. He was like, yeah. Symbolism. Yeah. J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Looking at the Sky Cave website, I'm pretty sure Aaron Rodgers joined a cult. Like this is some this is some weird stuff, man. All right, well let's let's take a look at what this uh, Sky Cave retreat is, the thing that Aaron Rodgers is getting involved with. If you want to call into the show and talk about Aaron Rodgers or talk about what else is going on in the NFL, feel free to do so by calling 719-1490, 719-1490. More Spears and Ali coming up next. Spears. Justin Spears, I like that. And Ali. I want to be entertaining, but I'm not stupid enough to compare myself to Ali. We'll be right back on 1490 AM ESPN Tucson. We are giving you the Aaron Rodgers Sky Cave treatment. If you're driving around Tucson, Arizona right now, just listen to the music and be calm. And soon enough, you will know whether you want to play for the New York Jets or the Green Bay Packers <laughs> or potentially the Las Vegas Raiders. <laughs> uh, so what will it be? Did you see your shadow? Well, one more year at the Packers. That'll that'll be Mr. Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, so this is uh, the, 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 the crazy dark sky cave retreatment that Aaron Rodgers is doing. Uh, before, hold on, before we get into more of like the details behind this four-day retreat that Aaron Rodgers was on. I believe uh, we're giving away a couple of tickets for the Tucson Craft Beer Crawl. If uh, you want to go to the Tucson Craft Beer Crawl, call in at 719-1490-719-1490. Let's do caller number one. Caller numero uno at 719-1490 is getting those digital tickets. And the Tucson Craft Beer Crawl is going down this Saturday in downtown Tucson. It starts at 1 o'clock. And you can get your drink on and your party on. And also, I mean, it's downtown Tucson. I'm sure there's going to be a bunch of restaurants, bars with TVs that you can watch both Arizona men's basketball and women's basketball play. So uh, get those tickets to the Tucson Craft Beer Crawl now by calling 719-1490-719-1490. All right, let's, uh, let's look into uh, some more information from this Sky Cave uh, retreat that Aaron Rodgers went on. So Andrew looked up the website, and uh, Sky Cave retreats. You know, remember I said it looks like uh, you know, some some people who um look like they carry uh, trail mix in their pockets. Yeah, <laughs> it, it it's very spot on. They also look like they wear um, what are those uh those sandals? Birkenstocks? Not not Birkenstocks. Um, also accurate though. Th- those those sandals were like wraps around your foot. And it's, it's more like a shoe than anything, but it's a sandal. A croc? No, I don't know. Anyways, uh, moving on. Uh, so, yes, yeah, Sky Cave is founded by this couple who's originally from, was it Mount Shasta, California? I don't know if they're from there. It says they would retreat there, and that's, like, where they got the idea. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. And so here's what you can expect when you go to the Sky Cave retreat in Oregon. Uh, the nearest airport is in Medford, and they actually uh, provide shuttles to it. Uh, check-in time is a few hours before sunset. And uh, here's on the on their website. It says, we will have 
in our orientation in which we will walk the land, get you situated, review the meal plan, run through the day-to-day, -day, and answer any questions that you may have. You will have the remainder of the day to settle into the space, get oriented and familiar with the cabin, and enjoy the surrounding elements. Apparently, too, the meal plan thing, like, they own, they feed you twice a day, but they feed you both times, like, in the evening. So oh, you, wow. You get breakfast at sunset, apparently. Interesting. Yeah. So okay. That, so that the darkness doesn't get, you know. So your whole permeated. clocks are just completely flipped. Yeah. It said that some people, like, don't even sleep after the first day. Wow. Yeah. Insane. Uh, by the way. Uh, I'm meditation. I'm not sure what's going on with our, our phones right now. Uh, oh, so, so I'm going down with So, yeah. If oh, you're, yeah. It, weird. If you're calling in, uh, we apologize for some reason that you're not getting in. Uh, if you are, if you're calling in in regards to the Tucson craft beer crawl, we'll we'll fix the phones. I promise you for next segment. So if you're calling in, make sure you stay tuned because coming up next, we will be giving them out. First thing to begin hour number two, the Tucson craft beer crawl tickets we're giving them away to start off hour number two. Make sure you stay tuned in right here on uh, Spears and Ali. Let's talk some college basketball. Enough about Aaron Rodgers and his four days of darkness. Let's talk some hoops right here on ESPN Tucson.